Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hey loves, welcome to episode 54, Mothering Your Inner Little Girl. I know I have some male listeners out there, but majority of you are female, so that's why I gave it this title. In the same way that I always address how the title of this podcast is called How to Stop Wanting Him Back, it's because of my own personal experience as a heterosexual woman, but heartbreak is a universal lesson, my love, so whether you're gay, straight, a man or a woman, whatever religion you are, whatever race you are, I hope you are tuning in and not taking the pronouns too literally because truly everyone experiences heartbreak. And I believe that these tools apply to everyone. So I wanted to do this episode because I think that there are two ways we need to really nurture our inner child, our inner little girl's I was about to say our inner little girls within, but (laughs) our inner little girls are obviously within. I know for me, even at 39 years old, having just been on this soul searching journey through therapy, through doing regular meditation and yoga practices, and now delving deep, coaching myself, getting coached every week for the last two years by excellent coaches and really making sure that my work is supported by my coaching peers and just being super conscious and vigilant about this self-help journey and this personal growth journey, my inner child loves to come out. She totally gets triggered when she is anxious, when big change has come about. I just sent an email out to my subscribers a couple of weeks ago that my business, and I had talked about this in my Knowing Your Worth episode, that my business has hit a milestone and is now up-leveled on a new, uh, a new level. And so has my relationship as I prepare to move to Santa Barbara, where my man lives, at the end of June, beginning of July. And so those are really exciting things. My inner child totally wants to freak out. She wants to wait for the other shoe to drop. She isn't used to all this amazingness happening at once. For sure, this is the happiest I've ever been, the most abundant I've ever been, and the most in love and secure I've ever been. And I know that I attracted him because I have worked tirelessly at giving myself the security and the love that I need. And that has for sure been my lesson on this journey. However, my insecurities still come up in this relationship. My fear still comes up in this relationship and the same for my business, especially as I up level. So isn't it so ironic? We always think that the grass is always greener. And then when we get there, right, when someone gets the ring on the finger or is finally pregnant or gets that salary that she has been working tirelessly towards or that job position, whatever it is, or, oh my gosh, I'm finally going on my dream trip. I often think it's really about the anticipation and then it happens. And then you're kind of like, oh, okay, it's happening. And then you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. At least that's been my experience. Gay Hendricks talks about this in his book, The Big Leap, 
We will put the link to that book in the show notes. He talks about having an upper limit problem. The brain isn't used to having so much good happening. And so it will look for ways to sabotage because I am more comfortable being single and independent. I am more comfortable struggling and worrying about money and if clients will continue to come, which is hilarious because I've had consistent clients coming to me for years. However, my brain is like, it'll stop, it'll run out. And I was so used to thinking that way because as an actor, I was so used to maybe booking a couple of jobs. It would usually happen at the same time. And then it would be a drought for maybe six, seven months. And so it makes sense why my brain prepares for the worst, why my brain thinks the flow is going to stop. The love is going to stop. The abundance is going to stop. So I don't think I'm a crazy person, but it's super important for me to catch my brain and not indulge the fear so that I go out and I self-destruct and I hurt the relationship or I hurt my business because of my thoughts. Newsflash, your thoughts create your results, my love. And it doesn't mean that if my brain thinks these thoughts that it's so bad, it's just like, oh, my brain is creating thoughts automatically. I don't get to control what happens in my brain. That's not true. I get to observe what happens in my brain, but I can't control the automatic thoughts. That's what I mean. So our brains are just going to have automatic thoughts and it is my job. And for all of you listening, it is your job to catch them, observe them, not judge yourself for them. How many times have I heard clients say, oh my God, it's so crazy that I'm thinking this thought. I'm so tired of thinking this thought. Every time you resist your thoughts, every time you judge your thoughts, you are staying attached to the thoughts. You are staying stuck in the story. Have compassion for whatever thought you're thinking. Even if it's a dark, ugly thought about yourself, a dark, ugly thought about your ex, a dark, ugly thought about your ex's new girlfriend, whatever it is, let's shine a light on it. That's what I love so much about coaching is that I really let my inner little girl out And I share all the fear, I share all the judgment, and I shine a light on that shit so that I can release it and transform it. But sometimes, my loves, sometimes those thoughts are so deep and feel so true, so real, that we can't cover over them with new thoughts. So you've heard me throughout all of these episodes saying there's an old thought model I'm referencing a thought model that Brooke Castillo created. She has an amazing podcast called The Life Coach School. We can also put the link in the notes and her book, Self-Coaching 101, where you can learn the basics of how this thought model works, where she gets into detail. It looks like a very simple model. It, It is a simple model, but our brains love to complicate the fuck out of it. I use this tool on myself. I use this tool on my clients and my coaches use this tool on me and they use it on themselves. So this is not once you learn the model, then you've got it all figured out. It's like once you learn the model, really apply the model. And so Brooke talks about how we'll have automatic negative thoughts and we plug that into the model to see how those automatic negative thoughts are creating the results that are most likely undesirable results. But some of us have automatic thoughts. I talk about this all the time. I've always had an abundance of girlfriends. I've never had to do work on creating friendships wherever I go. Even in my yoga teaching world, my acting world, my 
hometown friends, my college friends, moving to LA, acting friends. Like I just have always had an abundance of girlfriends. And just as a kid, I just was always surrounded by friends. So I've never had to do the work on that. I think there's just some thoughts that are innately born in us. Or my mom is a very social person and has lots of great friends. Maybe that was just something that I learned from her, but I never had to do the work for that. So we have automatic thoughts that serve us and we have automatic thoughts that hurt us. Or maybe some of you out there don't want a lot of friends. I always wanted a lot of friends. (laughs) So with that, when we have automatic negative thoughts that create results, Brooke then has us plug into a new thought model on what thoughts we would want to think, how we would want to feel to create new results. However, what I'm trying to explain in this particular episode, especially when it comes to our inner child, and I'm really trying to be conscious here, you guys, that I'm not, this is not a a therapy episode. I am a life coach. It's all about what do your present thoughts produce in the present moment. And so, so much of the inner child work is therapy, connecting the dots from childhood. However, our inner children come out. Our inner child comes out in coaching sessions. My inner child comes out in my relationship. My inner child comes out in so many different ways about my business, as I've mentioned before, right? So it's not that she's just, we we kill her off or we heal everything about her. If you think about living and growing up for a solid 18 years, my hat is off to any of you whose parents or any of your parents who were putting you in therapy as kids. I think that that's so amazing. But for the most part, I was just thinking unconscious thoughts. And and for me, throughout my childhood into my early 20s, like definitely remember this in college, I just believed it was in the cards for other people to have it better than me. And I only know this now looking back. I believed it was okay for other people to have more money. I believed it was okay for people to be, at the time, I cared so much about my body. And so I just thought it was in the cards that other people had a quote unquote better body, right? Who's to say who has a better body or not. But at the time, I had an idea of what a better body meant. I believed it was in the cards for my acting friends to book better jobs and to be more successful than me. Everybody... I was a cheerleader for versus putting myself first and being a cheerleader for myself. I mean, I talk about how I had automatic thoughts that created a lot of girlfriends, but I spent a lot of time being supportive of others. And really that was at the cost of abandoning myself. At 39 years old, I still see, I've gotten a lot better. I, I would have to say that I have really actually in the last year, I've shared this in recent episodes, I don't talk to as many girlfriends as I used to. And it's not because I don't love them, but it's because I really decided, what do I want? I want an abundant business. I want an amazing relationship. And I need to become that woman in order to create those results. And that woman doesn't have time to pick up the phone for every single girlfriend who just wants to reach out and say, hey, So that was something I really needed to implement was putting up boundaries. I'm not available Monday through Friday, nine to five to just chit chat. And this has nothing to do with my love for my friends or lack of love for my friends. It was just, wow, I was really just, it didn't matter if someone was calling me at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., 5 p.m. If I didn't have any structure in my day, any committed purpose to what I was creating, 
I was still finding myself in unsatisfactory results. So as you're listening, is there something that you want to create in your life or even a partnership? And you're just so busy taking care of family members, going to family events, going to birthday events for your friends, going to friends, showers, going to friends, weddings, going to friends, bachelorettes. And then you're reflecting back and you're wondering why you don't have a new partner. It's because you're putting everybody before you first. And that's a beautiful thing. And then you can go in and indulge the whole, that would make me selfish story. But I would ask you to look up the word selfish. I have my clients do that many times because is it selfish to want to create love for yourself? And if so, how committed are you to bringing that in because however you've been doing it hasn't been working. So it will require you to show up differently, to think differently. And that might include not being available for all the people who have been so used to you just being available whenever they need you. And that shit ain't easy. I know that I have people that are like, where is Claire? Why hasn't she been available? Why can't she schedule a a call. Well, it's because I'm scheduling on average now because I have so many consultations coming in plus my 20 clients. I'm on average talking 25 hours a week plus getting coached plus my peer coaching. It's insane. And trying to maintain my long distance relationship and all the things. And I, I'm not saying this to complain. It's just, I, I put up a boundary. I, I'm not available. I will try you when I can because I am not in a position where I'm prepared or willing to schedule yet one more call beyond all of my work calls during the week. And it just is what it is for me right now. And that brings up a lot of Irish Catholic guilt and worry and all the things. But again, I on the prize, math, not drama. What is it that I want to create? So this might be resonating with some of you who are so used to just saying, yes, 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 yes. And then you find yourself exhausted and resentful and stuck and alone because you don't have the partner or you don't have your ideal work situation. And so I hope that that really gives you some inspiration to reevaluate what you are doing that is preventing you from calling the right lover in or job in or whatever it is that you really do want Really look at what your t- what how you are spending your time. So as I mentioned, as I've referenced throughout so many episodes, is that we jump into a new intentional thought model and explore what are other thoughts that feel really true, not bullshit, pretty thoughts that you think sound good. It's like what are thoughts that you can think that could produce you the ideal result of meeting your ideal person or finding that ideal job or creating more money or getting healthier? What else could you think, right? However, referring to your inner child, if your inner child is just like, nope, this is going to get fucked up. Nope, it's not in the cards for me. It's too hard. I want the person to show up for me instead of me showing up to shift myself to attract that person. That is so deep that I wouldn't encourage a client to jump to the new model. I am encouraging my clients to stay with that thought that is childlike. And this isn't for me to say, stop being a baby. This is for me to say your emotional inner child is coming out. And I think that there are two ways that I at least have observed with my clients and with myself. And this actually came up with two separate clients in the last couple of weeks. One client who I love how every time I'm like one client, she's amazing. Truly. I think all of my clients are amazing. She has been moving and shaking. We've been working together for over three months now. She's getting really clear on 
who she is, even in her line of work, she was a little bit lost on what she wanted to do with her life when she came to me and she was super brokenhearted. And we have really cleaned up so much of the pieces of her broken heart. And now she's really clear about an avenue that she wants to explore for work. And she has just been digging deep and soul searching. And a huge part of her work is self-compassion to really just love herself and honor herself and learn from the ways that she was showing up that didn't serve her, that ultimately attracted a man like him and the way she was showing up and her belief in herself in her different jobs. And so now she's pretty clear about that. And that's another big aspect of my one-on-one coaching program. Yes, the work is to heal your heart. So anyone who is coming to me, it is because you want to heal your heart, but ultimately we're going to explore. And that's why I asked for the six month commitment is how are you breaking your heart in other areas of your life? I love how the yogis say who you are in your mat is who you are off the mat. And I also believe who you are in one area of your life is who you are in all areas of your life. And some of you might be listening and saying, no, 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 I'm kicking ass in my job. My love life just totally sucks, Claire. But I would even ask you guys to notice the way you treat yourself, even if you're killing it. Like I have just hit a huge milestone in my business. I am just so proud of what I've created and who I am. But as I've mentioned, my thoughts really want to go to the place that this could all stop tomorrow. And so really just getting savvy and watching your thoughts and catching your brain. That's my work that my coach offered me. And that's what I want to offer you guys. Just because I'm the happiest I've ever been and feel the most abundant and in love that I've ever been. Not to mention simultaneously, that's another big thought. It's like I couldn't possibly be in love and have my business just be exponentially the best it's ever been. I mean, that was something that I really struggled to believe was possible for me. I saw other people who were madly in love and killing it in their careers. But again, that old school unconscious thought that I didn't even realize that I was practicing and believing for so many years that it's in the cards for other people, but not for me. And so really just me catching that and observing that and not getting mad at myself for that. Just that makes sense, Claire. It totally makes sense that you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And the other shoe doesn't necessarily have to drop. But if the other shoe does drop, how are you going to handle it? What will you do? And I know how to handle it because I'm a heartbreak coach. I really fully have so much faith in my relationship. I certainly wouldn't make this big move if it didn't feel so right in my heart, so right in my body, so right in my mind. But of course, I've been doing this work long enough to know that anything can happen at any time. And so I know that it will fucking suck if this relationship didn't work out. I know it would fucking suck if my business just all blew up in flames. But even as I say both of those things out loud, the woman that I had to become to find this man and the woman that I had to become to get my business to this level is a woman who's not going to let that shit happen. Again, I can't control my clients. If they all wanted to leave me tomorrow, I would figure it out. And if my man wanted to leave me tomorrow, I would figure it out. I have the tools. I have the resilience. I'm not afraid to feel pain. I'm not afraid to cry. I'm not afraid to grieve. And I'm not afraid that it could last me a year. 
I think we cannot judge how long it's going to take. Yes, I offer a six-month one-on-one coaching program, and I truly believe you can heal your heart. But different people have different reactions to different kinds of heartbreak. Um, someone just said to me, I think oh, I think it was Jamie on uh, last week's episode, something about you know that you will totally be okay. Or, or oh, I know what she said. She said, um, if your man left you tomorrow, you wouldn't have the thought, why do men always leave? And I said, actually, Jamie, I would. I would think that thought. <laughs> That's what my brain would automatically think, probably. I'm guessing. I'm totally doing a what if scenario, but I would totally have that. Here's another heartbreak. I'm, I'm imagining automatic negative thoughts. Oh, here it is happening again, right? And then I would get to work because one thing I know for sure is I hate even saying, even if it doesn't work out with my guy, because I really am so confident in what we have. But just putting it out there because I think so many of you who are listening are, you might be in a relationship right now where you're experiencing challenges and you are scared that it won't last because the other ones have hurt you, right? So that fear is understandable, right? But then we also don't have to sit and indulge it and not enjoy the present, especially because nothing has happened. But it is really important to know that you have got you no matter what. And that I now know. Whereas nine years ago in my rock bottom relationship, check out episode five, my heartbreak story. We'll attach that in the show notes. I really thought that my world was coming to an end. I really felt so dark. And I remember, I I, I never was suicidal, but I remember just feeling so depressed in a way that I never had felt before. And I, I, I attribute that to me just not really having any tools. I had not been in therapy. I only had yoga and meditation as a foundation, which I totally think is a, they're both powerful healing modalities, but I definitely needed talk therapy. I needed to heal major wounds that I wasn't even really aware that I was carrying around and playing out in this relationship. And at the time, a friend of a friend's sister had committed suicide and it was a close friend to me and she was devastated. So I went to the funeral. I was also friends with her friend. It doesn't matter. I went to this this person's funeral who I had never met, but I was close to people who were close to her. And it was at the time that I felt so dark and they read her suicide. Oh, no, sorry. They, the sisters of the girl who committed suicide read Um, they spoke at the funeral and they said, you know, we understand why she did what she did because she was constantly telling us the world was too painful for her to live in. And I sat there again, not having felt suicidal at all, even though my narcissistic sociopathic ex was telling his other girlfriend that he was staying connected to me because he was worried that I was going to do something to myself, which was just a total lie. I just remember sitting there and thinking, oh, for the first time, I understand why someone would feel so much pain because I thought I feel so much pain and I'm not in a position that I would ever want to end my life. So I can't imagine the kind of pain that people are feeling 
who would want to end their life because this is pretty painful and this is pretty brutal. I think the one thought for me was like, I would just never do that to my family. And again, this doesn't make me better than someone who is suicidal, but just, I knew that I was so loved and supported by my family and my friends. And I, I, I just wasn't there, but I was like, if I feel this dark, but would never consider suicide, they must feel so much darker because I still felt like, I don't know when this pain is ever going to end. And now nine years later to have everything that I want, I I have to, that's actually not true. I don't have to ask, well, if the worst case scenario happens, what will you do? But that's what my brain wants to prepare for. And I understand that my brain wants to prepare for that. And I have lots of clients who always say, what if? And I say to them, just what my coach said to me last week, what if, what if the flow stops? What if it doesn't work out in this relationship? It will fucking suck, but I will be okay. Right. That's what I tell my inner little girl who wants to spiral and freak out and not trust that she will be safe. And so this client who is killing it and is clear on, on her new career endeavor, I said to her, well, we're going to get back on the horse and we're going to date and put yourself out there and have fun and get clear on who your ideal guy is. Are you ready for that? And she was ready and she's already started going out on dates and we were getting clear on who her ideal man is and how it would feel if he was there. And I did a little visualization exercise and she was super emotional and we were chatting about it afterwards. And that visualization exercise just entails imagining being there with him and how you want to be with him. So where she lives, it was snowing. And I'm like, would you love to just light a fire with this man and be wrapped up in him with a glass of red wine and just believe that the simplicity of just being in his arms and looking at the fire and connecting and just being maybe not even talking because I know her well enough. And she was just so moved and her body was so lit up by that. And I said, you just need to go to that place all the time. And as we were talking in the conversation, it just came out in a very childlike way. She said, this is what I want. And I said, well, let me just pause you right there. Cause we were so lit up and it was so beautiful. And she was feeling so connected to the energy that she needs to tap into with him being here, even though he's not here. You guys know that I talk about this all the time. I just went on a rant about it in the last episode with Jamie. Check out that episode. Why do you men dot, dot, dot. I think it was a good one. But if you want to manifest a man, manifest, no pun, couldn't help myself. You have to tap into the thoughts and feelings you would think and feel before he arrives. And I know everyone's out there saying, well, my friend just broke up and started dating again. And the guy just appeared. She didn't do all this thought work. Great for her. That just automatically happened, but her brain still created that. She just wasn't consciously thinking about it. But for all of you who are tuning in and listening to me, it's because you either want to heal your heart or you are looking for love, or you're trying to navigate through your dating life. And what you're doing isn't working. And I'm here to tell you explicitly and clearly that it is because of your thinking. Because when I consciously healed my heart with my mind and I consciously created love in my life, and I consciously created this full roster of clients in this thriving business, it was because I did active 
creative thought work because my brain believed for so many years it was in the cards for everybody else. My brain believed for so many years that my life was supposed to be about struggle. And I shined a light on all those thoughts that were creating the unsatisfying results. And then I shifted the shit out of them to get me here. And now that I'm here, my brain wants to freak out again because that inner little girl is so loud and she is just screaming for safety. And when the brain starts to experience something new, even if it's amazing, like the way my life is unfolding right now, the brain wants to go, nope, nope, alert, alert, alert. We don't do abundance. We don't do committed relationships. We don't do safety with a man. We don't do leaving a city to go move to be with someone else. We don't do that, Claire. And it's my job to coach myself and take care of my little girl and say, but we are going to do it and we are going to be okay. And the fear is totally understandable. As Elizabeth Gilbert says in her book, Big Magic, fear will always be there, especially when we're striving to do something new and big, but I will be the one driving the steering wheel and navigating where we go to next. And fear takes a back seat in the car, but we say, Hey, to the fear. We're not pushing it away. We are not yelling at fear. We're saying, oh, we know that that's your job to keep us safe when we start to do something new. When my client said, but it's what I want. This is what I want, Claire. It came out in a really childlike way. And as those of you know, if you've been listening to to me for a while, I'm a tough cookie. I'm tough on my consultations. I am not fucking around. Lately, I've been saying to all of my new clients, because everybody's coming to me and telling me about the unhealthy ways of their partner. I just say, so if we work together, are you prepared to cut this person out? I am tough as nails and I'm just getting tougher and tougher and tougher in the same way that you were going to hire a weight loss coach for six months. Why would you keep eating the brownie if you've paid your coach so much money to tell you to stop eating the brownie? I'm asking you to stop engaging with Mr. Unavailable. And maybe he's not even unavailable. He's just emotionally abusive. Well, which would also make them unavailable, right? But I know lovely men who are emotionally unavailable who aren't emotionally abusive. So I had no problem being tough on my client and saying, do you hear how childlike you just sounded? And she knows me well enough. I'm not judging her, but I am just telling her what I'm hearing. Your inner child just totally came up. That's what I want, Claire, right? I totally get it. And I'm sure so many of you who are listening are just like, I just want to find him. I just want him to get here now. I'm so over being alone. I'm so over attracting these unavailable men. I'm so over attracting emotionally abusive men. I just want him here now. I just want this. Ah, and it, we had a good little chuckle about it because the, the thought it's what I want when you say it like that, it's, it comes from such a committed and clear place. But the way she was saying it, it wasn't coming from a place of belief, right? I want it. Any of my actor listeners, oh, I want that job so bad. A little chorus line reference. God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. Oh, such a good play slash movie, but I digress, right? So she was like, it's what I want. So it was coming from such a lack of belief and it was coming from a place where she believed that him arriving happens outside of her. Because when you are in such deep belief, you're not coming from that whiny little girl, childlike energy. You're just coming from, this is what I want. This is what I am worthy of. This is what I was saying yes to in the past. And this is what me today says no to. 
If I see those red flags, if someone is showing up last minute because he just wants to fuck me at 10 p.m., I say no to that. Or even if he's just, you know, reaching out at 4 p.m. on a Friday to see if I'm available that night, I say no to that because I am so clear that I am looking for a person who respects my time, wants to make sure that he can have my time. So he asks me in advance. He asks me questions about myself. We both feel comfortable to be vulnerable with each other. I had a client this past week, you know, she's, she's in her mid twenties and she really liked this guy that she went on a date with. And she just was hoping, hoping, hoping that she hears from him again and all the things. And I said, well, do you know what he wants? Like, did it say on, on your, on his dating profile, if he's looking for a relationship or if he wants kids or anything like that, any kind of indication, she's like, no, And I said, oh, so then maybe you should ask him next week or on the next date. And she was like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm probably not going to quote her, but she, she felt like that would be too pushy and that that would scare him off. And so I said to her, it should scare you off that a guy would be scared off by you asking him what he's looking for. Everyone's on dating apps for very different reasons. And so it's easier, I think, for me at 39 I mean, I was 38 when I met my man, right? But I understood what my client was talking about. I, I the second weekend that I was spending with my boyfriend, um, obviously he wasn't my boyfriend then, we were just getting to know each other. But I said to myself, I have to find out what he's looking for because I knew that I felt this pull to him. And also he lived two hours away. So I just wasn't fucking around because I was so clear about what I was looking for. And I was so ready. And I was so proud of the woman and the partner that I had become even without a partner. So it felt a little scary to say, what is it that you're looking for? But I immediately just took care of it. And I said, I'm not asking you, what do you think of me and us? Like this is the second weekend that we're spending together. I'm just asking, you know, what it is that you are looking for, because if it is just some casual thing, I'm not interested. I know that that would suck to hear someone say, yeah, no, I'm just looking for something casual, but wouldn't it suck so much more if you spend six months with them and your feelings grow deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you're like, what are we? What are we? I'm assuming that we're boyfriend, girlfriend, and we're moving in the right direction. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I, I never had any intention. I'm, I'm not looking to settle down. So it is vulnerable to ask someone what they want, but It is so worth feeling uncomfortable asking. It is so worth feeling uncomfortable that they might judge you and think that you're jumping the gun and asking for a ring on their finger, because if that's their reaction, he's not your guy. And feeling all that fear, asking questions and stepping up and owning yourself, right? Or feeling that fear and not being willing to ask those questions and own yourself and stepping up is your inner little girl coming out. But the grown ass woman would be like, I want to know because I'm clear about what I'm looking for. And I don't, I'm not going to take on your judgment of me asking because I know what I want. Because I'd love to find this out now so that we don't waste each other's time. It's so badass. It's so empowering. And it also, you know, I, I don't believe that any time is ever wasted with any partners of our pasts because I think that they all teach us lessons. But as we grow and as we get clear and as we reflect back and looked back on what worked, what didn't work and getting clear on what you'll do differently next time, if you repeatedly, 
you know, whatever your habits are sleeping with the guy on the first date, which again, no judgment. I'm just saying if you've been sleeping with guys on the first date and it hasn't worked for you and you're really clear that you're looking for a partner, well, then maybe stop doing that. Right. And I know people who have slept together on the first date and they are married and have amazing relations, amazing marriages, right. To each her own, to each couple's their own, but just really looking at the way you are showing up and how it is not working for you individually. And you're totally letting your little girl out. If you're just going to keep then start becoming aware of what you're doing and not change it because you're too scared to, right. That's your inner child saying, oh, well, it's uncomfortable that people reject me. But if I step into my power and do something differently, I'm also scared that they're still going to reject me. But what you've been originally doing hasn't working. So why would the next thing you're doing not work? It is working because you're honoring your grown ass inner woman. And so this really resonated with my client. I said, really notice when you start to get a little bit whiny about what you want. No, fuck yeah. This is what I want. This is who I am. This is what I'm ready for. This is who I'm looking for. This is the kind of relationship that I am ready to co-create with someone else. Are you in or are you out? No, do not say that on a first date or even a second date, but really owning that inside and having that energy and asking poignant questions fair questions. I'm not asking you to show up on the first date and say, do you want marriage? Do you want kids? All the things, but for sure, don't find yourself on date six, not having that information. If you are super interested in this person and exploring more, you are worthy and deserving of an amazing partner who wants the same things you want. And it doesn't make him less amazing. If he doesn't want what you want, it's just get the facts Stop living in all this mind drama and confusion and waiting for him to say something that gives you more assurance. Stop. Be the badass self-owned woman that you are. Now, there's another way that I noticed the inner child come out in one of my clients and she was talking about her partner and how she's really just trying to enjoy the relationship and be in the relationship. And she ended up having a challenging conversation, but we were going back and forth and coaching. And she said, well, I I called her out on something. I can't remember specifically what it was. And it went to, well, I did that because he did X, Y, Z. And I was like, no. And she goes, no, no, no. Yes. And I said, stop. Every single time that you say you did or said something because of what your partner did, you're totally letting your inner girl out. Now, I say this, you guys, knowing that I have totally acted in childlike ways in my current relationship. There are just moments. I've been with this person for five months. I haven't said I love you for nine fucking years. Fear has come up in our relationship. For the most part, it's been amazing. I actually think even those insecure moments are amazing because they're growth opportunities for us both. But for sure, I will say something or shut down or I've pulled back. This was obviously more in the beginning of our relationship than now because I was getting super protective and I justified it because I based it off of his actions or his words. But that is totally indulging your inner little girl. What do you want? Do you want a loving relationship? Or do you want to say, well, I did this because he did that. I said this because he said that. And the only reason why I needed to know or get a guarantee for him about something else is because he did this in the past. And I'm thinking this way because of what he, it's like, stop it. 
Do you want to feel love and happiness and joy in this relationship? Do you just want to love him? When my boyfriend and I went through a little bit of a challenge in the beginning of our relationship, because we both didn't know each other well enough and he was going through a really stressful time and I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, this is where he shuts down and the other shoe drops and he runs. And he was very assuring, reassuring with his words. And I'd say, I feel like something's off or whatever. And the truth is he was just being a classic man who had gone into his man cave, who was dealing with some really stressful shit and he internalizes. So total men are from Mars, women are from Venus textbook example. But because our relationship was relatively new, I was thinking, and this is where the shoe drops. And so it took a few hard conversations for me to just, well, a few hard conversations with him. And then me getting coached really hard by my coaches and one of my peer coach friends who really just said to me, well, what if you just believed that he's going through a rough time and nothing has changed for him and you just loved him and you were just there for him? And I was like, Whoa, (laughs) fascinating to get advice that I would be giving my own clients. (laughs) And once that landed on me, I just shifted and I switched and I just decided I'm just going to love him and support him and be the woman that I created before he came into my life. I wanted to be that loving and supportive girlfriend. It was just that my inner child started freaking out that he didn't want me anymore. And so when he, when I believed he didn't want me anymore, I pulled back my love and he was actually going through something where he needed my love the most, but my inner little girl was just like, nope, nope, I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to shut down. I'm going to pull back and and panic and all the things, which made him really frustrated, right? So my inner girl totally came out. And then when I really just paused and I actually was like, wow, maybe I should take the coaching that I give my fucking clients. (laughs) And I just switched and I was like, I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to love him and I'm going to be there for him and I'm going to support him and I'm going to be a humorous escape and just be his best friend and tell him that I'm here and he doesn't have to show up. I remember I was, I would reach out and connect with him and just say, I'm here, but if you don't even want to talk, no problem. Like give him anything that he needs. And if that is space and if that is quiet and it's just love from afar, I will give him that. And as soon as I did that, he completely shifted in a totally different way. And I think our relationship has been the best it's ever been. And again, I say this totally aware that it's been five months, but, and by the time this episode comes out, it will probably be six months, but I just really came to the thought, I just love loving him. If I can just enjoy loving my partner that is so much more freeing. Now he shows up for me. He was going through a stressful time. I, I knew that if this was going to continue for a really long period and we weren't connecting as well as we did in the beginning, it wasn't going to be sustainable for me. But if I just trusted and believed that he was stressed and he was anxious about shit that had nothing to do with me, which in my opinion was some pretty major shit. And he was telling me, this is just what's going on. And so I'm just shutting down a little bit. 
and I'm not going anywhere. I still feel exactly the same way. If I just took the man's fucking words for it and then rose to the occasion and decided the partner that I want to be and become her and be her and not just pretend and say and do things because it sounds good or it makes me look good, but just be the grown ass woman that I know. I know him well enough. I knew him well enough in this relationship to be like, I know that that's what he wants. I know that that's what he needs. And when I authentically became the grown ass woman in the relationship and not the insecure little girl, he totally shifted. So for any of you who are listening and are struggling with your partner, or if you're listening and you're like, oh my God, I didn't do that for my ex. And now I wish I did. And I'm just going to beat myself up and berate myself. No time like the fucking present. What would it look like to just say, how can I just love him? Is it possible for me to just love loving him or her? Because it's so much more fun. And when I just love loving him, I get so much love back. And I didn't do it for that. Please know that it wasn't like, well, if I give him more love, I'll get more love. Because how many people, myself included, are listening right now who have been in so many relationships where you thought if you could just love him harder and understand him more and give him the space that he needed. I did that shit three years ago in a relationship where it was just so fucked up and ridiculous when I reflect back, but I thought he was a quote unquote nice guy and he was totally pulling hot and cold behavior. So I'm saying this because I really knew my man and I knew that he was going through something and I was hearing him when he was saying, you know, this is what's going on and this is what's happening and nothing has changed. I took his word for it. I'm not saying just love loving a man who is doing hot and cold, pulling 180, saying one thing, then taking it back, giving you a lot of bullshit flowery words, but no actions to follow through on that. Being unkind to you, being disrespectful, being angry, yelling has unhealed shit that he's making your problem. That is not that, that is not what I'm saying to go love loving him. It's really understanding the whole person and looking at who this person is and how you guys have been and then really understanding what is on his plate and why he has shifted because people shift for a reason, for sure. And some good men shift and freak out and they're a little bit anxious because it becomes really serious. I know for me, I shifted and freaked out because I realized this was the real deal with this man and I hadn't experienced that for nine years. So it goes both ways when you're so anxious and freaking out about some shift that's happening in your relationship or you're so free, you're freaking out and you're so anxious that you're alone and you're never going to find your person. You got to shift out of that for you before anybody arrives. Or if you're in the relationship, how can you shift? That's what I did. I shifted me and then he totally shifted and it brought us closer and it made me realize we can move through some hard shit because if you're together forever with someone, you're always going to have hard shit. And I really believe for me and what I crave and what I've shared with him is that it's a commitment to the commitment. And that's what a grown ass woman does in the relationship. She doesn't freak out and run and shut down and project past shit onto the person. She rises to the occasion. She looks at her brain. She sees what she's thinking that's driving actions, that's creating results, which may be a deeper wedge with her partner or is creating a result that keeps her staying alone or is creating a result that repeatedly creates difficult conversations and challenges in the relationship where they're having more pain than joy in the partnership. 
So how are you letting your inner child out? Remember, having your inner little girl isn't a bad thing. I think that she is a great little teacher that we just need to pay attention to and love her and honor her and hear her and recognize her and understand her and just love the fuck out of her and tell her we're okay and tell her we don't have to react and behave in the ways that we did when we were actual children, that we are now grown ass adults and we have got this. And really understand when we're whining, really understand when we're blaming to justify being the way we are today. But the whining isn't going to call him in. The complaining and the blaming of the other person to justify your behavior isn't going to get you the result that you want. So love the fuck out of your little girl, honor her, listen to her, tell her she's going to be okay. And we don't have to behave that way anymore. So much love, my loves. Until next time, bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.